Good evening and welcome to the Rabin Report. I'm your host, Elliot Rabin. Welcome to our season nine premiere. Uh, it It's happening. It really is. It's happening. Um, I'm joined by my expert panel, my brand new expert panel for the first time ever, Christina Mangiola and Jerome Bennett. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Good as can be. Good as can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's It's been a day. Um, Yes, we're back. Uh, can you believe it? Because I sure can't. Uh, after being kicked out of Ryerson due to the coronavirus pandemic, things have not been the same. Uh, but the key to success is to adapt, persevere, and keep going. At times, it's hard for me to grasp, but as long as you're above ground, there is a solution. Now, let's take the time to meet our panel. Christina Mangiola, please introduce yourself to our audience. So my name is Christina. I'm uh, I graduated from McMaster uh, about a year and a half ago, and I did a double major in political science and communication studies. I currently work at a PR agency in Toronto. Um, I'm not that interesting. Not too many fun facts. Um, that's the gist of it. <laughs> Amazing. And now Jerome, please introduce yourself. Hi everyone. My name is Jerome. Um, I'm a second year politics and governance student at Ryerson and I'm pretty much a politics nerd. Like there's there's not really a lot of interesting things about like about ourselves, especially when you delve into politics every day. You kinda lose yourself, so <laughs> Yeah, it's uh you know, politics and governance is a very popular program at Ryerson actually. Um I don't know why. I honestly No, don't you don't know why. why. Like on well, I mean, uh, all the arts. It actually has the the highest the highest job rating. Like mm -hmm. honestly, like seventy seven percent of like politics and governance students get jobs, mm -hmm. as which is the high highest compared to like all the other arts at Ryerson. So hmm. interesting. Maybe that's the reason. Well, um, we I I wish you success in your program, and Merci I'm beaucoup. so happy to have you both uh, join the 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 show. So this season, we've decided to change things up a bit. From now on, our main panel will consist of Christina, Jerome, and myself. And each week, we'll have a guest join our panel. This week, it's a good friend and familiar face to the show, Elvira Caria. How are you, Elvira? I'm very well, thank you. And I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me back. I wasn't sure if that was ever going to happen again. Oh, of course <laughs> it was going to happen. Uh, why know, don't you tell me? I am a baby boomer after all. <laughs> Why don't you uh, tell our audience a little about yourself? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so here's the 15-second uh, elevator pitch. I am a radio and television broadcaster uh, with over 35, well, 33 years experience. I have a talk show on uh, AM radio, talk, news talk radio. And uh, I'm, I'm the half of a Scholes and which is John Scholes and myself, Elvira Caria. So uh, behind the microphone or in front of a microphone, however, which way you want to word it, is, uh, is very familiar to me. So I'm really excited. And I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this panel is going to kind of um, blend and meld into its own because it's actually very exciting. So congratulations, by the way, on season nine. That's, I think that's the very first thing that we need to say. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a time, but yeah. you know, it's all of quarantine. I've been working and, and trying to get this this season up and running. And thank you to uh, 
Christina and Jerome for being a part of it. Thank you to Elvira for your support throughout the entire process. Uh, thank you to my best friend, Kara, who got me this Rabin Report sweater <laughs> for my birthday. It's sweet. Um, th- <laughs> thank you to my parents for supporting me. Thank you to everybody that supported me and the show. Um, it's truly appreciated. And, you know, we're doing this thanks to you because you want it to happen and, and we love doing it. So we really appreciate it. So coming up in 15 minutes, we'll be talking about our main topic, coronavirus part two. But first, let's take a look at our top stories in our weekly update, starting with Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Ginsburg's rather passing. Um, she passed away last week, and now Trump is planning to fill her seat. He just submitted the nomination um, of Amy, Amy Conet, Comet Barrett, Coney yeah. Barrett uh, to the Senate. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Should Trump be filling that seat right away, right now? Christina? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, I I don't, I didn't want it filled. Um, it does seem kind of quick, but I mean, that's his call. So don't really know what opinion to have on that. Elvira, what do you think? Well, why is anybody surprised? I mean, if we know the history of the way Donald Trump runs... Um, you know, runs a, a country, quite frankly, then this should not have been any surprise. If, if there's any opportunity where he can put in one of his own people, um, he's going to do it. I mean, that that really is just, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, whether you want to uh, agree or disagree with him is irrelevant because he, at the end of the day, it was his call. He took advantage of it and he did it. Now, I don't know if that ne- necessarily equates to being disrespectful. I mean, how long do you wait before it's it's proper? Um, that could be his argument. I, I, I'm not necessarily agreeing. I'm just saying that when, when is a good time? When, when would be a good time to mm-hmm. fill? The seat is void and it needs to be filled. Well, the Democrats are giving him some serious problems about that. They don't want it filled. They want it filled uh, come the next election. But the question is, let's say he wins the next election. Um, are they still going to say no, wait to fill it after another four years? What do you think? It won't matter because he's won the election. And, and if we haven't learned anything yet, is that uh, Donald Trump does what Donald Trump wants to do. And whether, again, we go back to whether you agree or disagree, that is going to, that is and remains the reality of the way um, the U.S. Um, is run right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what different, again, I go back to the same question, is what difference would it make uh, if he runs, then it, it, this is part and parcel of what, why he's doing this, I, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. If he loses, which I don't think he think I think his ego tells him that there's no way he's ever going to lose. But if he loses, if some people may be saying to him, listen, you know, plan B may be that you're going to lose. Well, then he's going to mark his territory, quite frankly, and put in somebody, um, you know, that he wants in there. If he, if he wins, hello, he's got somebody in there that he wants. So it's a win-win for him. It doesn't matter. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's, either his last hurrah or it's, or it's his let's continue doing the Trump way of doing things. Fair enough. And well, speaking of Trump, something exciting is happening tonight, which is the first (laughs) presidential debate between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. It's happening at nine o'clock. So make sure to tune in right after this show. Um, I'm so excited for this debate. I'm excited and both terrified. What do you guys think? What, what emotions are brewing inside of you? Christina? I'm, I'm also just so excited to see 
what it is that, you know, the arguments on both sides, I think it's going to be pretty entertaining if it's anything like Trump and Hillary's debates. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited and I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody really has to say. Alvira. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that you use the word, Christina, entertaining, because the last thing I would ever want a political debate to be is entertaining. I would Mm. hope that it would be educational, it would be uh, maybe eye-opening, and it would be perhaps maybe policy-based rather than, you know, uh, entertainment or comical or anything like that. I mean, listen, I, I... I have very strong views of the U.S. Um, s- s- sort of the way they, their platform right now. And, and if, if Joe Biden, and I take no, you know, I, I'm not an American. I don't get to vote, so it doesn't really matter what I have to say. But if I'm asked, mm-hmm. I'll say it. If Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the, if, that's, if that is the quality of, um, <laughs> if that's the quality of politics, in the U.S. right now, and I'm not talking, you know, I don't want anybody calling or or responding saying, well, what about Canada? We're not talking about Canada right now. We can have a whole discussion about that. But if if those two are the the creme de la creme, um, U.S. is in trouble. And I think the reason I say entertaining is because it's Trump. Yeah, 100%. And there's never, I I don't think I've ever heard him speak and there hasn't been something funny that comes out of it. Not even funny, (laughs) but just pathetic. He's, yeah, he, I find him to be very pathetic and there's always going to be something he says that some, no matter what, he's going to say something that's inappropriate, incorrect. I think that's what his supporters are hoping for because, um, you know, that's who he is. Right, but it's also purposely done. That's just the way he is. He is a shock. He has the shock DJ syndrome, which is like, you know, he, I mean, he's a reality actor. He's a reality show guy, mm-hmm. or ex reality show guy. But I think he still thinks he's in a reality show. And and it's the shock factor, right? It's the tune in factor. What can I say? What can I do? And how do you hook that next audience to him? He, I, I don't know how much how much respect he has for democracy, because quite frankly, um, this guy, this guy is just uh he it, it really is all about him he's very narcissistic he says it's about the american public um you know i can sit here and again debate it all that you want but um i i don't know i i'm, I'm interested to see maybe jerome like what would you think for what how, how would you see it well the thing is like that the things that you hate about donald trump are <laughs> the exact same things that like his base love about him of course I, I honestly think he's gonna he's gonna wipe the floor with Joe Biden. Honestly, mm-hmm. I I don't think like the the two hamsters in Joe Biden's brain right now. It's like wow. He's I mean like the Biden team. They're asking for two breaks every thirty minutes. You're telling me you can't you can't k- stick to your key points without a teleprompter for thirty minutes. Come on, is that I, what they're asking? I, that's what they're asking for, and like they're they have refused to clarify that he will not be wearing an earpiece. Um, Biden is is never good without a teleprompter. So like I don't know. I think looking back at Trump's debates, I mean, hate him or love him, he's he's a pretty he's good a debater. debater. Yeah. He's he is vicious. He is absolute. He's a predator when it comes to 
the debate platform. I mean, he did the same thing to Hillary. This is a man who came in as the eighth candidate of the Republican convention Mm -hmm. and wiped the floor with over 180 years of political know-how and talent, wiped the floor with them to come out the victor. Whereas Joe Biden... Joe Biden was polling fifth after the first two debates. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I actually agree that from a, a debate perspective, uh, definitely Donald Trump is going to win this one. Only because he's seasoned, and to your point, um, he's he's on stage. And mm-hmm. the minute you give Donald Trump a stage and a platform... He's going to make full he, use of it. Well, yeah, he'll shine. He'll shine whether it's, um, uh, you know whether it's narcissistic or not, he's still going to shine. I, I, I do agree with that. It's just his tactics, though. Like, he is relentless. He uses he uses all the rhetorical devices. Yeah. He will catch you in... in um, he'll get, you're in gotcha moments. He'll use rhetorical traps. And I, mm-hmm. I just don't think Biden is quick on his feet enough to not fall in those traps. Well, I think he uses rhetorical traps simply because I, don't, I actually don't think he has uh, uh, a very um, diverse... I I, I don't think that I don't think that he has the English language down to, you Mm -hmm. know, a couple of little uh, uh, sentences. Yeah, it's very like jingoistic. But at the end of the day, like when you like when you talk to debate strategists, like I remember I was I was on both sides when it came to the last federal debate. Mm -hmm. I read Justin Trudeau's briefing notes and I read Andrew Shear's briefing notes. And the main the key point that they were stressing Justin Trudeau. It's not what you say, but actually how much you say it. And Donald Trump will use the same word eight times in a sentence. Right. But that repetition really connects. It mm-hmm. really emphasizes the points. And I mean, he's he's a walking, com- he's a one-man band. He's a walking commotion. Sure. And sure. his base likes it. It, yeah. it. it works. I think he's going to get in again. That's just my prediction. It doesn't mean that that's what I the, the polls would though, want. The polls are well. You can never good. you can never trust polls because no, look at exactly. just look at what happened at the previous election, right? You can yeah. never ever trust polls. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to uh, what's going on in our country, uh, which is the <laughs> fact that we had a speech from the throne and. There's no election because the Liberals and NDP have come to a decision, uh, have come to an agreement. Um, you know, is that a good thing? Is that a good thing that we avoided an election in the middle of coronavirus? Or are you guys not happy with the Trudeau government and want to see either Conservatives or NDP take their place? Um, I would... I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me because I, once upon a time, was a huge supporter of the NDP, which I... Not so much anymore. I have become a bit more liberal in recent years, but um, I can't say I would be happy with a conservative government, so I don't want that. But I'm also not happy with the Trudeau government, so it, it puts me in a bit of a hard place because I'm not really happy with any of the options. Um, and I think that you could look at it in one of two ways, that this was maybe... A really important time to have an election because of everything mm-hmm. that's going on, but then, at, but then at the same time, you can argue this is the worst time to do it because because there's a pandemic going on. So I mean, it just depends on on how you look at it. I think um, probably in terms of public safety and just the state of our country right now, maybe it's a good idea that we. Um, hold off on an election, but I can see the argument for why right now with everything going on, people may be looking for something new. Mm-hmm. Elvira? 
I am completely opposite. I disagree 100%. Uh, it would Why? be it would be inappropriate. It would be um, I actually think irresponsible of of us to have a an election right now during uh, during uh, COVID. I, I mean, not during COVID, but it's not it's not necessary. Is my point is mm-hmm. like you know we're not in a. It didn't just happen to fall. If it happened to fall during that time period, like the U.S. right now, then I say okay, fine. But I don't think it's necessary. I think from an an analyst perspective, um, Trudeau, the Trudeau government did everything that they needed to do, and they did it right in order to get the confidence of the NDP. I mean, so that you know you wouldn't have the the fallout. Um, They 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 talked key phrasing. They used. uh, key components of like daycare, um, uh, you know, the continuation of CERB, the, the, um, you know, reinforcing the testing, all the, all he, they said, the government said all the right things, um, creating a new Canadian disability benefit. Again, it was very people, um, people purpose, people purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that that's what the NDP was doing. And, and I mean that, listen, I, I, at that point, I think what uh, Trudeau did, the Trudeau government did is they were wooing the NDP. They, they had zero interest in, in, you know, trying to talk to the uh, Canadians in general, the voters. It was, I need, we need the votes of, or we need the approval of the NDP and they did it. And that's why we don't have an election. Yeah, okay. no, that's, that's, I I agree with you completely. My argument is that I think it's a good thing that we don't have one right now with the pandemic and this is a public health crisis, but I can see why there may be some opposition to not having an election, but I totally agree that this is not the right time to do it. Um, you know, and especially with the Conservative Party just just getting back on its feet, mm-hmm. um, yeah, right. you know, it would allow if an election happened now, I think the NDP would have done very well because nobody wants Trudeau. The Conservatives are, are in shambles. I agree. And I actually. So if I'm sitting as a conservative right now, who who's mm-hmm. Aaron O'Toole? Like you, you he it, it, if it was me running the conservative, you know, um, side of things, mm-hmm. I would say, guys, we're not ready. Like we, the the country, the country needs to get to know Aaron O'Toole, and until mm-hmm. then, um, Elliot, you banged it right on. I it would be really an election of uh, NDP versus Liberal, and they're just too close to really say, you know, where's the real change going to be? And I I actually do not think I do not think that. Uh, from a countrywide perspective, we're not ready for an NDP um, oh, no. uh, government. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it would be a liberal government again, mm. in my opinion. And and I don't think that that would be faring well for the conservatives. They need the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need the time. Definitely. I guess it's we can all kind of agree that it's a good thing that there's an election. There's no election happening, um, but I guess we can expect it next year, next fall, most likely. Mm-hmm. You know, after another year of, of Trudeau in office, we'll see if yeah. if the NDP is still is still happy and uh, yeah, you know. Well, we'll you know, again, uh, it's it's all about uh, uh, it's a guessing game. Some people say it'll right. be in the spring. It's not going to be in the spring. There's the, there's nothing that's going to change between now and March that there's going to equate um, a, a justification for election. There's mm-hmm. there's just no way. Fall would be the earliest, I would think. Yeah. No, no, Jerome, you disagree. I I disagree with. Uh, first Why? of all, 
we we shouldn't have had a throne speech. There was absolutely uh-huh. no reason to prorogue parliament apart from the fact that the house was falling down in Ottawa mm-hmm. on Justin Trudeau's government. Um, you, if you notice that they've gone up for five points in the polls on aggregate since the, the since the what you call it see, since committees have been shut down. That was a very strategic move. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm glad there's not an election from a conservative point of view. Mm-hmm. 54% of Canadians on both sides don't know who Aaron O'Toole is, which yeah. is yeah. a horrible yeah. idea. I think yeah. Jagmeet Singh's power play act- is actually detrimental to detrimental to the NDP because, like, if you look back at like hardcore NDPers, like let Charlie Angus for for short, like when, like he wouldn't support this move because it cuts into the NDP base and you're losing those people to liberals, mm-hmm. right. which is not what they want. Right. Yeah. And everybody wants to keep their supporters, right? So um, let's move on now to our main topic for this week, which is... Coronavirus Part 2. Um, back in January, the Rabin Report's Season 8 premiere discussed the coronavirus... Back then, Canada was only reporting two to five cases a day. At the height of the pandemic in March and April, Ontario alone hit over 400 cases daily. Now, nine months later, the economy has steadily reopened and people have been trying to get back into their routines. However, a recent spike in cases, including the highest case count since the start of the pandemic being reported just yesterday, 700, has made us reopen the conversation. As such, Coronavirus Part 2 was born. On today's show, we take a retrospective look at the evolution of this worldwide pandemic, as well as what position we're in now. And finally, what the future holds. As a reminder, we are live on Facebook, so make sure to comment on our feed to have your thoughts read live on air. Um, so let's start with the from March to the present. Has your opinion on the virus changed from January? Christina. Um... Definitely. So I was at the beginning of this all, and I think this is not necessarily a fault of my own or anybody else who might have agreed with me, was just we didn't have enough information. And I was one of those people who at the beginning was, um, you know, I thought that it was annoying that everybody had masks on. I thought, you know, the government was, or the health officials were saying, hey, stop selling Shoppers Drug Mart out of their masks. You don't need masks. Masks don't fully protect you. Now we have a mask mandate, uh, which is the polar opposite of what we were being told in January. So um, my opinion has definitely changed. I think, I think everybody can agree that at the beginning, maybe they didn't take it as seriously as they do now. Um, so definitely my opinion has changed in terms of seeing this more seriously and, um, yeah, just basically taking it more seriously than I did back when it all kind of started. Mm -hmm. Elvira? Um, I'm opposite. (laughs) I, I, I'm starting to see a pattern here. Um, I'm actually, um, I took it extremely seriously in, uh, right at the very beginning, right on the onset. And, um, I still take it extremely serious. I don't think that we are in a position and I think that we're so arrogant sometimes as human beings. I, I am not an expert. I'm not a medical expert. Uh, you, we can have all the discussions in the world and it can last for a lifetime about conspiracies and all that other lovely stuff. At the end of the day, 
I'm not prepared. I am not prepared to play Russian roulette with anybody that I love with their lives. So if I'm being told, and you can call me a sheep and I'm just being flocked, that's fine. But if I'm being told by all levels of government uh, across the, the globe to wear a damn mask, I'm going to wear a damn mask. And it's not to protect myself, it is to protect the people that I love. And so that's, that's why I do it. And speaking of wearing a mask, though, what did you think of Canada's response? Because uh, at the beginning, they said that masks don't do anything. Listen, that was, that was to protect, uh, and, and I think that um, um, Dr. Tan has come out and said that, that at, in the beginning, it was because they were short PPEs, and it you know, needed to go into the... Uh, this, this is a fluid situation, and again... Could we, should we, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda? We didn't. Some, sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. We are where we are. I'm actually, as a Canadian, I am so extremely proud to be Canadian. I think that we've taken an extreme um, precautionary approach to the way this pandemic is, is playing out. And, and I applaud every single level of government that does that. I don't think that we should be any political party right now. I think, you know, I sound like a politician, but it's Team Canada and Team Canada only. Let's get through this. Let's get through this. You know, there'll be time to debate and there, there will be time to, you know, um, will look, there be look back. Why wouldn't there be? Well, well, like, I why? Mean, we don't live in a communist country. Just yesterday, the Liberals shut down the debate for the coronavirus relief bill. Well, what does that mean? They, they stopped the debate. They... They passed, they rushed through the legislation without debating it, without putting it to second reading or third reading. So they act, they're technically, they technically won't be any time to debate. I, I think. But what is it that you're debating? The, the measures of the bill. What bill? Let's talk about the bill. The what, what aspects of the bill? Well, the new relief legislation. The well, economic what about, what about side it? of it. But is that what you're talking about? The economic side? Not only the economic side, but I mean, I just believe in a liberal democracy. We have to have debate. I think it strengthens our I democracy. Agree. I think the liberals shouldn't have just a blank check and uncontrolled powers in parliament. I think parliamentarians should do the job that they are so highly paid to do, mm-hmm. which, which means scrutinizing bills and, you know, improving legislation. I think the legislation is improved through debate and scrutiny. So what happened? Yeah, and, and the government, like they the liberals, shut they shut down debate for quite a while. They prorogued parliament, parliament yeah. especially when they had the Wee scandal, mm-hmm. um, and they said, "No, we're not. We're not talking about this right now." And they they sw- they moved the conversation to uh, the coronavirus, but then they won't have the debate on the coronavirus either. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're worried about. Yeah, I mean, it, it is worrying. It's basically it's like a dictatorship. I don't think the government managed coronavirus well. I would give them a D. Okay. Minus. Wow. Yeah, like it was, it was, it was bad. Like you, the U.S. shut their borders mid-February. You know what we were doing mid-February? Justin Trudeau was telling us to not be racist. He was saying, "No, we, the, there is no risk of transmit of of human to human transmission. There's too much anti-Chinese racism. Yeah, and you should all grow up." And that goes and to the initial weeks, response. Two weeks later, we, we shut, we full, full reverse. Like, if the, Cana- if the Canadian public had brake pads, they'd be worn out because we've been switching the transmission. And, and what's interesting, hmm. though, is that Canada and the U.S. have switched their uh, 
policies right from the beginning to now. So back then, Trudeau was saying, no, we're okay, don't worry, go to Chinatown. And Trump was saying, close the borders, nobody get in, nobody get out, done. And they called him racist. And they, uh, and they called him racist. Then things That's because quickly... he talks like a racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, There's I'm, a way of saying something. The but way, his the way says it's a though, Chinese. It's a Chinese. Uh, Chinese. Uh, it's a, it's a Chinese. Yeah. China. It's China. a China. It's, it's China only in China. Well, well, are you like? That, like you put moronic. your lips together when you say. Guys, it. I'm sorry. This is this is a leader of not only the United States of America, but he's he's a global uh, the superpower. Apparently, the mm-hmm. U.S. is the mm-hmm. superpower. You do not speak like that. But his argument, though. His argument? Mm-hmm. What about his argument? That it was a Chinese... Uh, so that, so, so how, how come... Closing the borders was the right thing to do at that time. Well, how, but how has that helped him? He's still, they still the problem is, pro- is that he's they, changed, he's reversed his policy, and now he's having, he's having rallies, which is the worst thing you can be doing. Uh, you know, you're bringing so many people together, and they're telling, mm-hmm. and, he, and him and his campaign are telling people, don't wear masks. Mm-hmm. Why? But, but that's my point. What has changed from February when he closed down, when he, and by the way, I agree, Jerome, mm-hmm. that he was quicker at the, at the, you know, at the reaction, if you will. Um, and, and I agreed with that. But what did he do? What has changed from um, late February to now that he all of a sudden doesn't think that this, this. He listened to February 12th, Justin Trudeau. Oh my goodness! And then February fourteenth, just <laughs> and then they switched. They were just like, "Oh, oh, oh you're doing that. I'm doing this. Oh, by by all means." Oh my well, goodness you gracious! Know, clearly, clearly, he's uh, <laughs> he's tried to you know change change everything that's going on. It, it's just it, it's an absolute mess. Realistically, yeah. no matter what's going on, I think um, you're right. He was quicker to react, um, and he was called racist. And Trudeau was slower to react, but then. The tides turned completely, and now we're in a much better position than the states. Mm-hmm. Um, and life is a little better here. And speaking of life, how has your personal lifestyle changed since the coronavirus started? Uh, Elvira, let's start with you. Me, I'm just. Um, I-, I have to tell you something. I my life is busy, as you know. I'm. I, I do a lot of radio stuff, but I also, mm-hmm. the, m- from an economics perspective, my life changed completely because I got paid for doing a lot of social events, and so you know, eighty percent of my income was gone. But what I did appreciate, not appreciate, obviously, you know, you, you roll with the punches. What I did love, and what I think in the beginning, what it did to a lot of people, a lot of families, is it just kind of got us to reset and say, slow it down, you know, how, how many pair of shoes do I need really in the end? And how many times do I have to eat out? And, and it just, it just kind of brought us back. You, you, you guys aren't old enough to know. Um, there was a time when Sundays were closed. (laughs) Retail stores were closed, right? Preach, sister. (laughs) No, 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 no. What I mean is it was a beautiful thing. It really did bring a a lot of the family unit together. And I think that we we have forgotten that or our our lives are busy. I agree. So what it did is it forced me, and and Elliot, you know me, my life was really busy. And, And I actually... I call it the bunker, don't laugh, but I really enjoyed the bunker time period. It was kind of like I shut myself you down. Were, you were on a cloud. I, you were on you, a cloud. You, because you do know me. I was like, guys, I can go another month. I can go another two months. I can go. And I'm going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. If they had to shut us down right now, I, I would be without a shadow of a doubt, I would be okay with it. 
Really? Yeah. Again. I would. Again, I would, yeah. I think I'd be okay with another shutdown too when you take into consideration that it's about people's lives, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I think if if us going back into another lockdown stops the spread of this thing and therefore mm -hmm. saves lives, yeah, put us in another lockdown because yeah. is it really worth it to continue for people to continue to get sick, for these numbers to like to continue to grow? Is or is the is it is it that important for the economy? I mean, obviously, yes, it is. Mm -hmm. We need the economy mm -hmm. open for all sorts of reasons. But does that trump human lives and putting a strain on our healthcare system too? That is already an overburdened healthcare system. And it, and it's interesting you you bring up a second lockdown because mm -hmm. that's where we were going next, which is the present situation in the second wave. Um, you know, speaking of second lockdowns. You look at uh, Israel is one of the first countries to have gone into a second lockdown and people are furious, people are protesting, they still, they can't leave their house about like maybe one or five kilometers away. Mm. Um, are we going to go into a second lockdown? Are we in a second wave right now? We're definitely in a second wave. If, what was it, yesterday, the numbers were, were 700, yeah. which is if I'm not mistaken, the highest they've ever yep. been in a single day. Yep. And half of those being from Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, of course, we're in a second wave. If the numbers are higher than they were during the first wave, yeah, we're in a second wave. And uh, I don't know how soon a second lockdown is going to happen. Mm -hmm. I would assume soon if you look at these numbers, but then at the same time, it's kind of unpredictable. We might not even be put into a second lockdown because the government might be more concerned about the economy. I, I don't think we should go into an, another lockdown, to be mm. completely honest. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it's going to be necessary, I actually. Think, I don't think so either. Uh, yesterday, yes, we did see over 700 cases, but we have to take into consideration that there was, there were, I believe, 25,000 tests that were cleared from the previous backlog because right. the system was down. Exactly. So today we're back at 39,000 tests, 534 cases. And I, like, I quit my job because of coronavirus. Like, I, I worked in healthcare for four years. And I saw this thing, and I said, I can't put my family through this. Yeah, you worked. You worked in a pharmacy. Wow. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I did. I was a pharmacy. I was a pharmacy technician. Wow. I saw this coming. I was like, yeet. Mm -hmm. So, like, the thing is, especially with the testing, we just well, we haven't even approved. We j the the the, liber the federal government just bought over nine million mm -hmm. boxes of the new testing. It's still not approved by Health Canada. The fast tracking. Yeah, yeah. the fast one. Yeah. We that would completely be a game changer. Right. But we don't it's not approved yet. Mm -hmm. So just we to, don't really know where we are though. Just to interrupt quickly, Sam commented. He said uh Quebec is going into lockdown for the month of October. Um the only things that are staying open are schools and essentials. And he says, well, at least in greater Montreal and Quebec City. Sacrebleu. And also, I believe Kobe said we were never even in a lockdown. Mm -hmm. If you compare us to other countries, we were never truly in a lockdown. Exactly. Which I agree with. I mean, I have um, the majority of my Chilean family is in Chile. Oh. And they have, like, seriously strict lockdown rules. Mm -hmm. They were... Only certain people were allowed to leave. Like, I had... Um, 
one relative who basically had to do the errands for a bunch of them because he was the only one that was actually allowed out of the house. The other ones weren't even allowed out of the house to get essentials. Like these lockdowns are serious in other countries. And in terms of lockdowns in other countries, you look at Switzerland, which didn't have a lockdown and they just let the virus go on. And it seems like they had the same result as if they went into a lockdown. Was it Switzerland or was it Sweden? Sweden? I think it was Switzerland, but it might be Sweden. I think it was it no, was one I, of the Norwegian countries. Yeah, yeah. and so they we, they didn't go into a lockdown. What does that mean? What does that mean? They like, just what, they what, just what? Uh, made the strongest immune system win. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's true. Okay. That's I, think it actually, I think actually I think that was school right now. Yeah. They're just kids seeing have who's going to strong immune system. They systems. do have strong immune systems, but this is an illness that can disproportionately ruin. doesn't affect children. It doesn't. Sure, it doesn't. Maybe they don't get as sick from it, and they aren't dying from it. But there's evidence that these kids are going to now live with permanent damage mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives. If you they know. don't that... go back to school, no, no, no. <laughs> permanent damage in terms of health health problems. Yeah, you know, I have a I have a friend who actually just did an interview on on Global that she had COVID, um, and she's my age perfectly healthy, my program, and now she has, she's a long hauler, as they call it. She has, um, Mm -hmm. you know, long-lasting conditions. Adverse effects, yeah. Yeah, so was reopening schools the right call? Was it the wrong call? Wrong call. I, I, look, I get it. What was the alternative? Because online learning was... obviously online, I can't really give you a perfect other option. Um, I'm also speaking from the perspective of being the daughter of a teacher and mm-hmm. um, seeing firsthand, you know, she'll send me pictures um, of her classrooms where kids are only a meter apart. They're not two meters apart. Um, kids also are irresponsible, obviously. They don't understand the concept of a pandemic. They don't understand the concept of a mask. You can tell them to put a mask on, but they're going to play with it. They're going to have dirty hands. They're going to be touching their face. They're going to be moving it around. I even My mom even told me one funny story of kids hitting each other with their masks. It's now turned into a game, right? So it's, it's, maybe maybe I can see how maybe uh, higher up, like grades where you actually have a grasp on what's going on, those students are maybe in a better position to re-enter school. Well, those are the ones that are actually at home learning. They mm-hmm. sent the yeah. younger ones to school. Right. Which, which to me is irresponsible because kids are irresponsible. I, I think that education is the most important thing. Uh, well, mm-hmm. one of the most important things in the world. We need education. That's how mm-hmm. young people become the people that they become. And we, mm-hmm. we need education. It's very important. But is putting a de- is it so damaging to put a delay on that or to make them learn online? Is that the worst thing that we could ever do to them if it means that they aren't then going to go home to their family of three generations and they give COVID to their grandparents? Because sure, kids may not be getting sick, mm-hmm. but they live in homes with people who, mm-hmm. are gon- who can get sick. They live in homes with people who will die if they get COVID. But you know what's interesting? Uh, when online learning was a topic with the teachers unions, oh they were completely God. against it. And online learning was not oh possible. It shouldn't be mandatory. And I, rem- I remember having that discussion on the show because I had to do an online class um, because you know I did poorly in a, in a class uh, at school the one class that was mandatory for admission to university, English. And I did it through online school. There was three in-person sessions with the exams and all. Um, But yeah, the the teachers' unions were saying that no way, Jose, we're not doing online classes. And now it seems like they're all okay with it. 
I don't know if they're okay with it, but like this is the 21st century after all, folks. I agree. And, uh, and it's time to start, you know, if you can run a global corporation online through Zoom corporate mm-hmm. meetings, you can damn well try and teach uh, a child or, you know, a classroom. You know, I mean, this isn't about uh, teachers and, and, and any of that. It, it, what we have to do, do... Do they know that? Well, they don't, and that's the problem. Exactly, it is not. What what the pro, the question posed is: Should did we go? Did we send them to school too early? But statistically, statistically, um, these high numbers seven hundred they're not they're they're not coming from children. They're coming from adults. They're mm-hmm. coming from irresponsible adults, mm-hmm. young adults. Quite frankly, I mean, if we're really going to hone in on the on the on the <sighs> it's the millennials. millennials. But hey, you know what? We can we sometimes we're we're at a weird age like mm-hmm. generation where we can claim to either be Gen Zers yes. or millennials. Yeah, you're on the border. We, we're on the cusp. Yeah. So um, <laughs> maybe I won't. Be a millennial. I don't even right identify now. with people my own age, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm you with do you. Do or there. you don't? I you, don't. You don't. No, like, my son yeah. is the same way. My son doesn't identify with um, his generation, which I believe is your I'm, generation. I'm the same way. I don't yeah. really identify with yeah. our generation. I think a lot of there are a lot of issues with our generation. I, yeah. I honestly hate it in many respects. Hence, why my favorite artist is Celine Dion. Hi, you didn't think oh, I bring Celine Dion into the here we go, here we into go. the premiere? It but I, someone take a shot every time he says Celine Dion. <laughs> oh God, I'd be yeah. drunk. Oh, okay. God. <laughs> well, here, here I did it. I did yeah, it. Um, there you go. Uh, so, in terms of getting groups of people together. Um, clearly opening schools, according to everybody, was the wrong choice. No, I'm going to disagree. You're, you're for opening schools? I, I'm for Why opening not? schools. Too. You're yeah. for opening schools. Yeah. Right, Jerome? Democracy. It's not about democracy. <laughs> it's about like... I just mean the two-on-one. Okay. <laughs> I I think that we... I think it was okay to open schools. Now, would I have done a rolling kind of school format? Mm-hmm. Would I have incorporated, you know, both online and... and uh, you have to understand that there has to be a mental health and social aspect uh, well, to exactly. all of this. Exactly. And I think that especially with children, um, you know, I, I, I mean... <sighs> Mm-hmm. According to sick, sick kids, it would it would have been irreversible psychological da- behavioral yeah. well, damage. Well, I I have it, it, yeah. personally seen the things that this pandemic has done to people's mental health. This is an yeah. awful thing for people yes. to experience. Yes. Uh, the social isolation um, is causing, like you said, irreversible psychological effects and. Um, I mean, I, kids, they, they need social interaction in order to be healthy. Um, but the only thing that that scares me is, yes, that's what kids need, but what happens when they interact with one another or they interact with another adult mm-hmm. at school, then catch the virus and take that virus home to their grandparents who will die if they get COVID. But that's a now, lot of I ifs. Mean, in, in it is a lot, a lot of, of ifs. It is a lot of ifs, but do we, do we risk... S- in most schools, they're teachers lives? to like. Well, here now, now here's the thing. You 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 mentioned uh, a key word, which was bringing bringing people together. Key words, rather. Mm. Um, in that case, you know, there are a lot of protests going on right now, which is also bringing people together, yeah. including. And this is both protests for BLM as well as the anti-lockdown protests. Um, now, both sides will hate on one protest mm-hmm. and support the other. Yep. Should we be having protests? Uh, all protests or no protests? Absolutely not. No protests? 
I d- it's so. But how can you be f- how uh, how can you be for no protests but reopening schools? You're still bringing people together. So the thing is, a protest is not an organized gathering of people. A school, in theory, should Thank be you. an organized gathering of people yeah. where you're under the supervision. Controlled. Controlled. Yeah, you should have control. I would assume teachers have control of their yeah. their classrooms. Um, a protest. The here's the thing with the protest. There is a communicable disease going around that. People are saying disproportionately affects black people. So what should black people be doing now? Gathering together in groups. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Doesn't it, though? I mean, most of these people aren't registered to vote. Most of these people don't know their... You can't complain about a system if you don't know how the system works. You don't know your senator. You don't know your regional representative. You don't know your mayor. Um, even the NBA. Like, all these NBA teams protested, or claimed they protested... Yet, the end, a study in the NBA showed that 80% of them weren't even registered to vote. Wow. What? Yeah, 80% of them. What do you Unto- mean, not registered to vote? They weren't registered. If, right. if the vote was held tomorrow, 80% right. of the NBA players could didn't not vote. qualify. Nope. Have no Why? Control. Why is that? They why? got money. Well, you mean, why is what? Why, why weren't 80% of them registered? Who they knows? chose not to. I'm taking your knees easier. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to take this knee, but you're going to pay me, right? Wow. I'm still getting that check, right? Yeah. Christina, Jerome, you freak me out right Christina, now. Christina, you look like you're holding a lot in. Please I'm not unleash. Holding, I'm not holding a lot in. It just, I, I feel like I, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily, obviously during a pandemic, collecting in groups is exactly what we're told not to do. But then at the same time, I'm conflicted because... I don't feel like I'm in a position to tell people not, you know, like I don't think that I have the right to say that these BLM protests are wrong. This isn't something that sure it it affects me in terms of the greater, the greater public's health, but is it, is it my responsibility to tell people that they shouldn't protest something that's, you know, when you really think about it, racial injustice, police brutality in itself is a pandemic. There's, we're losing how many black lives to police officers and um, racist white people in society who take it upon themselves to deal with black people. And um, is it, do I have the right to tell them that they shouldn't protest that? I know that there's a pandemic going on, but is there not a pandemic in itself with the racial injustice? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know if I myself can come to a conclusion about that because I just don't think that it's my place to, to decide or to... So would you say the same for the anti-lockdown protests? Um, well, anti-lockdown, there's a big difference between... How? Lo- there's a big difference when you're protesting... Mm-hmm lives and police brutality but and injustice rights. but uh, coronavirus you don't okay good yes it's a fair point like if we let blm protest should we then let anti-maskers or anti-lockdown people protest i guess technically speaking yes because it's their they have the right to to speak on the issue if that's something that they feel is an issue but i feel like there's a bit of a difference between debating public health versus racial injustice. I mean, I think that they're a bit, the topics are a bit different. And 
But you're still you're but but look you're still collecting. It's well, still a collection you of check a people. Your transmission because you just did like a full one eighty. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> well, this is what I'm. This is exactly why I'm stumbling on my words. I'm 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 saying that technically speaking. Can you protest in a school? Uh, what do you mean? What would like you be if protesting? The, if the kids all learned and they had up like signs, would that be okay? But we taught them math at the same time. But but I don't hmm. see I don't see the connection. One plus one. But I don't one see the connection one. between kids going to school with signs saying one, one plus, plus one. one. I don't two. see I don't see I don't see the correlation between that and. You're right because there's a teacher lives. in a pro in a pro. I remember also, Teresa Tam said, is it "Go though? protest, but what, don't one shout." One at a time, Christina. I'm just wondering why it is that anti-mask and anti and anti-lockdown protesters aren't getting shot for peaceful protesting and sometimes not peaceful protesting, but people at peaceful Black Lives Matters protests are. Which there is a difference. So yes, I'm I'm gonna side more with the people on on the BLM side because there's clearly e- even with the way that, that they're handle these handling these protests, there's a difference. Like people are protesting peacefully for BLM and still getting shot with tear gas, but where? That's, where? But that's not where? in the states. Okay. Well. What specific instance? Okay, so let me let me pull up a case. You can come back to me. But there have been peaceful protests where people are being treated unfairly, and that is not the way that they're being treated at these anti-lockdown protests. Okay, but this is the sorry. I, so, I, I this is the U.S. I mean, our, we, we can have a whole different become, discussion yeah. about the difference between Canada and the U.S. and uh, I mean, uh, oppression and and um, is, isolation and, yeah. and history. And the the question posed was very simple: Should we be allowing um, these protests to happen? And my answer: It's a yes or no answer. It really, or it's a yes or no. It's a the answer is no. Mm-hmm. You, you and, can, and you can't be, you know, like law. Law is absolute, right? Mm-hmm. So you, it's either yes or it's no. You cannot say, no, but if it's for BLM, um, well, sure, let's do it. I'm not Justin saying Trudeau. that. I, I've just right. gone back and I'm, I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it should only be for BLM. I'm, I went back mm-hmm. on my words. I'm saying, look, if we're going to let BLM do it, then yeah, we have to let the other protesters do it too. Or we say no to all of them. I, I just mean that... I'm not myself in a position to tell black people how to react to something that affects them and not me. Agreed. It's not just black people protesting yeah, at BLM. That's the thing. Well, of course. It's, very it's not just, but yeah. also you have to take this into account because sure, you can't tell um, the protesters how to feel, but at the same time, the government is telling everybody stay home. It, and feel great about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know heroes. about that. Uh, so, so my thing is, is that I think what's happening, Christina, and I'm not putting words or any any thoughts into your mind. Um, I I think we're careful. I think we're careful. It's a sensitive subject matter, and I think that we nobody. I think there's a difference between um, supporting the cause mm-hmm. versus how what's being done right now, right this second. Um, I will be the first in line mm-hmm. for any BLM when I when we all have the equal um, freedom to go out and, and hug and kiss and, and show peace and love because really that's that's what it is. I mean, it, it's... It, it's Some of the times. Most of the time. It, it, 
until then, until then, if my country is being mandated for the most part that I'm in a pandemic, I'm staying home or, or I'm, I'm, you know, staying within the parameters of that. You're following the law, basically. Just I'm following go, the law. Just to go back to what I was saying. So here's just an example. It's, this is one example. There have been more. I have seen more. Um, so this is back in end of May, beginning of June. Um, so the plaza between St. John's Church and Lafayette Park was full of people non-violently protesting police bro brutality late Monday afternoon when U.S. Park Police and National Guard troops, with the use of tear gas, suddenly started pushing them away for no apparent reason. Then eventually the reason became clear. President Trump wanted to walk from the White House through the park um, to the, sorry, my brightness is low, ep <laughs> Episcopal Church. Episcopal. So, Sorry. Okay, yeah, sorry. I, I have no idea. So there's just one example. Trump wanted to go walk from one place to another through nonviolent protesters. Those protesters were tear gassed. They were not being violent. They were pe peacefully protesting. That's just one example. Were they on we public agree. or private property? Uh, public. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, it shouldn't matter, matter either way. It shouldn't matter. Uh, technically, you can't protest on private property. So I know, but it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Why do you tear gas people who... Yeah. You, you know, there, I don't see that there there being a reason to tear gas somebody, even if they were on private property. But that's not answering Elliot's initial question, which no, was, I just was. Should. This was just me going back to the or, or I had mentioned yeah. that there were peaceful protesters who were being hurt. That's just an example of one. Sure, I, I agree, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, nobody should ever ever have to experience that. Nobody. I don't care. Agreed. You know what skin color you are, what uh, demogra demographic you are, what gender you are. Um, it's it's despicable behavior. It is very American policing. Um, I'm sorry. You know, go and bash me on Facebook. I don't care two craps about it. Um, it is very typical American, but the question was very simply posed. It was a yes or no. The answer should have been yes or no. Mm -hmm. And the question was, should we be allowing protesting going on right now where there is a, I mean, protesting, you're not going to have five of your closest friends and family in your social circle protesting. There's, there's going to be groups and groups and groups of people protesting. Um, strangers and they're standing by each other and they're standing mm -hmm. it, it's it's irrelevant we have to, it, as much as it hurts me to say this mm -hmm. the cause should be irrelevant it's the question is do we put a whole bunch of gathering of people in in on the streets or in a room and protest mm -hmm. and the answer to me is no and you know you you mentioned one thing, and that's where we're going to go. Uh, you mentioned that you'll be first in line when the you know everything is over, the protests are over. A you're going to be you're going to be first in line for that, which takes us to the future of the pandemic. Um, will 2021 be the end of COVID-19? Because you see all these memes, you see everybody posting. Oh, I just can't wait till December 31st, 2020, oh, January stupid. 1st, 2021, and magically the pandemic is over. You know, I'm going to tell you something. Cancer doesn't have an expiry date. Okay. No illness, no disease has expiry dates. And uh, now you can argue with me by saying, what are you talking about? You know, um, uh, the measles, the, the, it, are we going to be able to manage it? It's, oh, COVID is here. It's here in, in all its formats. And I'm sure in, you know, a hundred more years, 20 more years, 50 more years. I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher, nor am I in the medical field. It's another form of it may appear again. 
But that isn't that, that isn't the question. The, the 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 issue is very simple. How can you how can some fool sit there and say, oh, it's December 31st, 2021. COVID's over, guys. Let's go party. No, it's our lack of patience that that dictates this is going to be maybe psychologically this is going to be my expiry date i'm done and if 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 this thing is still going on i'm going out no you're going to stay where you are to stay until there it is safe to do so and you, and you don't think that we're going to have to go into a second lockdown for the future in the but future but guys i'm not a, I, I, if the medical if it's a fluid situation if the medical field can't answer it who the heck am I completely medically uneducated to answer that? I don't know. Well, well the I medical field also told us in the beginning that masks don't do anything. But you know why they did it. You know why they did it. They did it because there was a shortage. I mean, Dr. Teresa Tam actually, she, she actually came out and said, well, we kind of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it was right. Uh, please don't get, do mm. not get me wrong. You know, don't misinterpret what I'm saying, but it was definitely uh, a ploy or a, 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 it was a purpose why they they said it that way. Now, you know, um, I have to tell you, I bought a whole bunch of masks, and now all of a sudden they're they're fashion, like they're they're fashionable. Yeah, <sighs> like come on, I just wear a mask, and, and if you don't want to wear a mask, then keep your distance, your social distance, and, and or physical distance, not social distance. Mm -hmm. Keep your physical distance, and there is no expiry date. Who are we to say that on this day, this is, it's going to be okay to go out and, and party and, and make out in the, you know, in the corner of a, the backseat of a, mm -hmm. like at a nightclub, you just met some guy. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. Is that maybe what you, that, is that, maybe what you that was my life. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you think millennials do just all day, all night? We just make out in cars. That's all we do. Excuse me. I was talking about my generation. Wow. That's what I used to do. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't know what your generation does. <laughs> we don't do much. Yeah. We TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you text each other dating. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't even, that's so far from my scope of understanding. But anyway. You, you know, um, but speaking of uh, the spread and the future and, and w what can we do to stop the spread though? You know, we're wearing the masks. Toronto just said to stay within your family bubbles. Thank God we're in Vaughn. <laughs> um, so, so what else can we do really? Because they've reopened schools, protests are happening, we're wearing our masks as much as we can, better than the states, 100%, yeah. but, but what else can we do? Well, we can't, we can't be opening strip clubs, and then <clears throat> one person has equated to 17, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, they showed the chart, the mm -hmm. charting of how that happens, and uh, you can't be having underground what? parties what? and... When you say they showed a chart of how it happens, what do you mean how it happens? Like the strip no, no, club? no, 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 not the strip club. Oh my goodness gracious. How strip clubs work? No. <laughs> how that one person carrying it was here we'll it and then they brought person. it home. Yeah, it's, it's the, I don't know if you guys are too old or too young. So I hope there's more than, I hope a couple of people of my generation are watching. There was a commercial where it used to say, and you tell two friends and so on and so on. Yeah. It's yeah. the old hair, hair. Yeah. Um, I think it was herbal essence. I can't remember. But either way, that's the concept. The concept is that, you know, you, you carry it, you're bringing it home and, and that person carried it and so on and so on. And that's how the spread happens. Mm -hmm. So what you do is you avoid certain things where, where your inhibitions are down. This is all about inhibitions and, and how you stop that's how you stop the spread. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. 
Christina? Well, I just think that the, the, the fact that they even decided to open strip yeah. clubs, nightclubs, bars, the inside of restaurants, these are hot spots for germs, even if you're disinfecting the place. A strip club, I can I can promise you that nobody in a strip club is wearing a mask. Yeah, a strip yeah. club a strip a strip club is a hot spot in two senses. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's true. But uh, they're, they're also not wearing other other protection either. Right. Oh so, my God. Really? Right. Would you like to elaborate? No, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, oops. I just I don't I don't think that like that was there was no reason to start to open things like that when like sure you can you can pretend to ensure that you're doing all the proper cleaning and disinfectant protocols, but no, you aren't. And, and if you're at a strip club where people are touching, there's germs, there's all kinds of body fluids. There is absolutely no, it's, there's no reason to have somewhere like a strip club, nightclub, bar, inside a restaurant, whatever. There's no reason to open those things. Mm Do you? But do, I've never do you been also, to a strip club. But do you yeah. also suggest we're going to get back to that? Jerome. I don't <laughs> oh buy that for a minute. <laughs> Are you suggesting like a, a going out for dining? Um, you know, the restaurant industry is dying a very fast death, and we need to support them. Well, of course, I think that that's there's also a, there's a very big difference between just dining and going to a strip club and no no not strip club okay but even like you right. know um hopefully there's dancing a and stuff afterward yeah <laughs> there, no, i don't of course see much there is. <laughs> oh, Lord. who goes dining anymore yeah. Yeah. Uh, no but you know what i mean like to go out and and uh support a restaurant no, and totally and i think yeah i think there's been some great initiatives like uber and whatnot sure. um promoting Takeout and sure. offering free delivery on small businesses. You mean capitalizing um, on sure the that you, you could look. You profit. could. You know what? You can look at it that way, and that may very well be what it is. But that I can. I'm sure has been helping businesses yeah. keep afloat. Um, yes, we they need our business, but um, I mean strippers who are sex workers who have yep. just as many rights as any other worker. They they also technically need our business, not us specifically, but yeah. they do need business from they other people to stay to afloat. So mm-hmm. uh-huh. sure, but there's uh, that's another topic. But yeah. and um, yeah, and and you you know n- none of you mentioned one of the ways that uh, we're trying to prevent the virus, and I'm actually very surprised that nobody mentioned it. So will any of you mm-hmm. be downloading the? Canada COVID app. I have it. You have the it? alert app. I have yeah. It. Yeah, I have oh, it. Oh, you do. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's two. Two out of three. Elvira. No. No. Do you want me to put it on? Yeah. Okay. I, like, are you? Are, are you? Oh, sorry. Are you? Are you asking because maybe is there a conspiracy thinking that there's well, there's um well, personal you, information? Or? That's where I was going because uh, that okay. is one of the ways that the government is trying to prevent the virus from spreading by letting you know if you've been exposed yeah. to someone that had coronavirus. And uh, many people are saying yes, this is great. On the other side, people are saying no, they're it's getting too much. It's an invasion privacy. of privacy. So. What do you think? I don't, uh, I think like, I don't know if that's, if that's, sure, it's an important argument. I'm all for privacy. I'm, you know, anti big brother behavior. I don't like it, but there's a pandemic going on. And if we have the technology that allows us to trace it, we should be utilizing it. Uh, The only way that this app 
works is if everybody has it. So that's what I was um, gonna ask. I yeah, was gonna so say it, it it does serve some purpose, but that would only be if you were to have come in contact with somebody who had COVID, who also had the app and also reported that they had COVID mm-hmm. on the app. So it so I got it because I want to be part of this move towards tracing and um You wanna be traced? Uh, not me personally, but I would like this this disease to be like traceable, more traceable than it has been previously. I want us to be able to know where this where this virus is. I would love I, I think it's great that I can open my phone and I can see if I was exposed I to agree. it. And I'm I on on a personal level, I'm a very high risk um, if I were to get COVID, I would most likely be in ICU and it would not be a good situation for me. So I like to know that I've come in contact with it. If that, if that were to ever happen, that would be something important for me to know. I have people in my life who are high risk who need to know. Um, so sure it's, it, it, you can make an argument for privacy, but I think there's a more important thing at play here and it's a virus that's killing Many, many people. Elvira, so, uh, sorry, I just want to go to Elvira. Elvira, no. you said you wouldn't be downloading it. Why? No, I, I, you asked me if I did download it. Of course no, I, I can. Said, I'm will gonna, you be? Will yeah, you be? I'm going to get Jerome to download it as soon as the show's over. Can 100%. No, I just haven't got around to mm. it. But but what I'm trying to understand is it's not, it's optional, right? It is optional, but well, it's make so it what's the problem? <laughs> oh, you want to no, make it mandatory? Right. I do. No, no, no. What I'm saying oh. is what's the difference? I chose to download it, which equates to recognizing that I'm going to be giving information. How is that any different than me um, going on Facebook, Facebook page? Exactly. Yeah. Having like an how, Instagram page. To talk about your privacy. Guys, they're, they're using internet. Yeah, but even the algorithm. I, I Googled something the other day, and all of a sudden, you think it's a coincidence. All of a sudden, I'm seeing all these damn ads. But how yeah. is that any different? How? I, so to me, it's a choice. If I choose to download it, then I know the... I'm going to use the word consequences. There are, you know, I mean, I'm using it loosely, but Mm -hmm. then I'm very well aware. And quite frankly, I agree wholeheartedly with Christina. There's people that are, you're going into a restaurant, they're using fake names, like because they don't want to give well, their that's name what out. Like, really? at, a lot of these strip clubs, not just strip clubs, not restaurants. That, but restaurants too, because people are so concerned about their privacy <sighs> that they're giving fake names, fake information yeah. because they. But and then it therefore defeats the entire purpose. Bingo. One thing: if you make an app mandatory, you can't be giving a fake name. It's tracing. It's tracking you on your phone. I understand the privacy issue with it. I get it, but we're losing so there's probably so many numbers that are not accounted for because people are going into places and giving fake information um because they're so worried about their privacy more than they are the public's health mm-hmm. so but it, you think it should be mandatory i think that the app You're i think app? that we should all have the app and i that may be controversial but the only way this app works is if everybody has it so by making it mandatory it actually will reach its full potential. And but of course, that's another issue. And you're asking for a charter challenge right there. Yeah. Like yeah, that. fine. But, fine. But, but this is public no, but health. But to play uh, on Christina's side, you look at the Amber Alert app, and that's mandatory on all phones, on all televisions, and it clearly works. So maybe, maybe that is the right call. That's what I mean. The Amber Alert thing is exactly what I was going to say next, is we have that, and that's a successful... Th- like. Th- 
they've said all these alerts are the are some of the the key reasons why we're finding missing children or 100%. getting to the root of of a child going missing um I don't so if we can put that on our phones why can't we put something on our phone regarding a pandemic this is this is not just for the sake of getting our personal information and trying to have some kind of government hold over us this is people's lives that are in danger and i can say myself and family members included i'm very high risk and if i get covid i i'm screwed and people I love are completely screwed. So you know what? Yeah, maybe maybe I'm a bit biased, but I think this this app should be mandatory. It only works if we all have it anyways. So why not? Interesting. Very interesting. So when is this all going to be over? That's my oh, final... Oh, jeez, are we having this conversation uh, that's again? That's my, my final Pandemics question of the night. do not end in a year. Exactly. So people who think December 31st, 2020 is last day... God, no. We have at least another year of this. Maybe not to the extent that we're seeing it, but this is this illness is going to carry on. The spread isn't going to... We can't stop it suddenly. It's going to keep going for at least a little bit. Um, and we have to understand mm -hmm. it more. So you and have to yeah, give the medical vaccines. Right. Like all, all, there's all these things that need to be developed. There needs mm -hmm. to be new plans put in place. We can't... But we can't have that all by the end of this year. It's yeah. impossible. It's crazy. The thing that I think everybody is forgetting that is that a virus is a living organism. Yes. It's living. It 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 knows us. It will it will adapt. It's a living, breathing thing. We can't expect governments or rules or legislation exactly. to end a virus. A virus will be ended when another organism, preferably us, preferably mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. as humankind, we adapt to it. We change our behavior to how it's necessary, but. The unsettling thing is that people get so caught up over partisanship, blaming governments, blaming exactly. officials. It's it's individual personal responsibility that will change the tide of this virus. No mm -hmm. government legislation will change this virus. Yeah, yeah, that's a great that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, and and that's where we're gonna uh, that's where we're gonna end things tonight. That was our show for this week. Thank you to everybody that tuned in to our uh, and messaged us during our season nine premiere of the Rabin Report. Uh, Elvira, thank you for being our first guest of the season. Oh my God, I want to congratulate you guys. I I already feel a lovely synergy here. It's going to be quite interesting, and uh, I will be listening and watching as always. And we we'd love to have you back um, as you. well. Thank you to Christina and Jerome. You two are, are absolutely incredible. Yeah. Thank you, Elliot. Um, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Christina, for monitoring uh, the Facebook comments. Jerome, for handling the audio. Um, I'm, I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do and to have the team that I have. Thank you to everybody that supported us, my parents, my friends. Um, you know, that, that was our show for this week. A brand new episode of The Robin Report uh, will be coming to you next week, same day, same time. Almost same people. Almost. <laughs> have, a, have a great day, everyone. <laughs>